Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So just to give you some instruction on what just happened. So uh, Ryan came up to me during worship and said, I feel like God told me there's people that have pain in their hips and pain in their feet. And I said, okay, uh, just during transition, come up with me. And then you may have seen us, as we were laying hands on people, have people begin to move, like move what they couldn't move or what hurt to move. And uh, that's just putting action to faith, like if the Holy Spirit prompts me to do it. Only on one, which was with Connie, the Lord had me, it prompted me just to have her do this. Just that. You know, if I get two in my head, naturally, I'll go, Lord, that'll look weird. Or if I, when I'm standing up here moving my feet with somebody and I'm running in place like that, I could go, oh, Lord, but that'll look weird. Yeah, but the Lord's trying to heal them. Do you think it looked weird when Jesus spit on the ground, made mud of the spit and dirt and rubbed it in someone's eyes? We're, yeah, but see, we, we read it from our perspective sitting here and we go, Oh, man, that's so powerful, Lord. But if somebody came in here with some dirt on a Sunday morning and began to spit in the dirt and say, anybody who needs healing in their eyes, come up right now, especially during COVID, everybody would be like, they missed God. They missed God. Except Jesus did it. I just want to make sure we're all thinking biblically, not naturally. Because natural thinking hinders faith. It hinders faith. And we got to watch out for that. We got to be careful that we don't go down that path. Because it's, how I many, no, it's easy to do. Amen? I mean, we make the statement, I jokingly make the statement, you know, any old dead fish can float downstream. And it's true, they can. They can. It takes a live one to swim upstream, and it's harder to swim upstream than it is to just flow with what's going on in the world. The flow of the earth is not given to resurrection and, the, and Christ. The flow of the earth is anti-Christ. It's anti, and if you think about that, it's anti-anointing, which means it's anti-freedom, anti-healing, anti-peace, anti-blessing, anti-everything that God is. And we get the privilege of housing the venom, or not the venom, the anti-venom to the venom of the world. But we have to walk in it by faith as well. Amen? A lot of times people in the church don't need a resurrection. They just need to wake up. They just need to wake up. People are like, well, I just need to, I need, you know, I need to be resurrected again. You don't. The first time Jesus did it was enough. You received it and that was enough. You need to wake up. You need to be shaken. You need to, you know what I mean? Uh, get some, uh, some, some awareness of who you are in Christ. And that's what causes um, strong believers and a strong move of God in an area. Now, I recognize this, and I'm just going to mention this, that it is the holiday season. I recognize all of that. I know we all just went through multiple 
whatever you do for Christmas and whatever we did for it. And people are on vacation and they're coming back and they're tired and all of that stuff. But even in the midst of that, do you know that actual faith isn't just necessarily an external emotion? It's just your heart being aware. And when you're tired and worn out and things like that, your faith can actually, you can actually let your heart sit dormant and not even realize it just because you don't feel like putting forth any effort. Have you noticed that? We do this. Have you noticed this? It's taken me years to get past this. It's taken me, uh, it took me probably, eh, probably took me about four or five years being in the ministry as a youth pastor. I never, I will not allow the weather, the attendance, what I've gone through in my own life during the week, I purpose to do this, to affect what happens when we gather together as believers. And I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on Jesus and his word. Because if it was just up to me, I'd just, you know, I'd quit, naturally. Come on, am I the only one that's ever felt naturally? Like, ah, just, what's the point? I mean, your flesh is no different than mine. I mean, you may dress it and primp it and cut it and style it a little bit different. Hopefully we all deodorize it the same, but... <laughs> It's the same nature of our flesh. It's the nature of our flesh. And it's easy to allow that to infect our thinking. And when it does, faith is not eliminated. It's suspended. It's suspended. We'll get into this today. But it, faith gets suspended. But you can actually believe God whether you spent the amount of time in prayer in tongues this week that you wanted to or not. Or you read enough chapters some of you still think you're earning your position with God by reading enough chapters in the Bible. You are not. If that was the case, <laughs> now you will assist your own head the more time you spend in the Spirit with the Lord. Absolutely. But God did not get mad at you because you skipped one devotion day. I'm still on this thing, aren't I? Somebody's dealing with it, and you need to let it go, because I want to move on. <laughs> That's my patience working right there. You're... I know we need to take up the offering. Because <laughs> the Lord's not mad. He's not even in a bad mood today. He didn't even go to bed. He's, still, he's just positive and encouraging God, 24-7. He never is depressed. I've, I've uh, had people, uh, I've heard ministers say things sometimes, and I think they almost leave the impression like God's moody. If God is moody, we're in trouble. Because the rest of us are trying to control our own moods. And if God can't control his, he's in perfect control. Have you ever read the Old Testament and watched judgment take place in the Old or the New Testament? Ananias and Sapphira. People think they have this picture of God like he was in a rage. He was perfectly under control and everything was executed perfectly. Executed. <laughs> perfectly. He never lost control. He never disciplined. He never did anything out of rage, lost his uh, consciousness, and came to later and was like, Michael, Gabriel, what I do? And they're like, well, Sodom and Gomorrah is no more. It's like, oh, I lost my temper. They, yeah, we know. They're cleaning up the throne room, you know. New furniture. Jesus broke. God broke all the furniture again. 
What happened? He blanked out in anger. That has never happened. Never. He is absolutely under control at all times. Complete control. So we can be too. By his grace, we have that ability, which means going back to what we were talking about before, that means your circumstances actually shouldn't, they sh- our circumstances should not dictate our attitude. Ever. Woo, spiritual development, isn't it a wonderful thing? Well, we're not going to be bored while we're here, at least, you know. Got plenty to work on, plenty to grow in, you know. Amen? So that's why it, we, we need to have that encouragement. So, like today, uh, Neil wasn't able to make it because he's not feeling good. And so we didn't have a drummer. Does that affect whether you worship or not? I prefer drums. I mean, in the whole group, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I prefer drums to be a part of it. But if I let that determine my worship to God, do you realize that in the early church, they didn't have what we have? They had to hide and meet. And if they had somebody in their group that could sing, that was a bonus or some instruments. I've watched uh, documentaries on the underground church in China. I watched one where a gentleman showed up. He was sharing how he showed up to preach. And they were in this cave. And they met, I think, at 4 in the morning till 8 in the morning. No, no, they met all day this day. And uh, they got in the cave, and he said, I was put all the way to, a, to the back of the cave. If we say the back wall is the back of the cave. And people lined up all the way to right in front of him. Like right in front of him. And they all stood, and they worshiped together and sang praises. And then they sat down, and they said, okay, preach. And he said, well, is there something particular? They said, preach. Just share the whole Bible. They didn't even have a Bible. They didn't even have a Bible. And they, he preached all day. What if I did that? People do this. They go, well, I got, you know, I got places to go. Where? Well, my roast is in the oven. It'll be really well done. <laughs> I'm not planning on preaching all day. I'm just trying to shift our thinking. And shift our thinking. Because if we don't, we miss the moves of God that He desires. He already has plan. He doesn't, God doesn't just move. Uh, Herb pointed it out this morning. He pointed out the fact that what is, he said, you need to ask yourself this question. Why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my motivation? Is my motivation, I know I should go to church because my kids need it. Do you know how many times I've heard that? And I'm thinking to myself, looking at the parent, you need it. You need it. If you, if you don't get it, your kids actually will just turn out the way you are. And they'll take their family to church for their kids. See, we don't want to think about this. We want to think, oh, I'm doing the right thing. And we kind of just patty cake ourselves along sometimes in areas. And the reality is your kids, my kids, will turn out just the way that we raise them. And I'm not saying there's no hope for them, none of that. I'm just saying this is a reality in our life. And we need to be aware of it because if we're not, if if we're not aware of this enemy lurking and moving, he is so subtle. He is so subtle. There's a reason why Peter said, be sober, be what? Diligent, vigilant. 
because your adversary, you know, he doesn't take days off. I'm not saying he's always at your doorstep. People say, well, I feel like he is. Well, he's probably not. He's got a bigger fish to fry than you and me. But his systems are always working. And we need to be sober and diligent or vigilant and resist him, what? Steadfast in the faith. Notice it didn't say in your emotion. I really feel the move of, the God, move of God when when we sing a particular song. And if your faith is based on that moment, you're going to fall apart like a wet paper bag when you leave this place. You'll fall apart because you have to develop spiritually. Amen? You have to develop spiritually. All right, let's now that we're all riled up and ready to go, let's go ahead and take up the offering. <laughs> If you're making out a check, you make it out to Faith Family Church or FFC. If you're giving online, faithfamilybuildings.com. If you're giving by cash, there's envelopes available. Make sure you designate between the building fund and uh, just uh, if from your general tithes and offerings. Everything else will go into the general. But if you put building fund on there, we'll use it to pay off the building. Continue to pay off the building. And I believe next week we'll have an, a report on where we're at. It's going well. Which, praise God for that. God supplied our needs, amen? Every year, over and above. Second uh, Corinthians, I'm just going to read this. You don't have to turn there. Um, chapter, let's see. I'm going to read chapter number uh, 8, verse number 7. Paul says this. He says, But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor. That you through his poverty might become what? Rich. So Jesus was made poor that we might have a full supply. Let me read this to you in the Amplified. Um, You are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace is provided in finances. Do you see that? His kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing. In that though he was so very rich. How many know before Jesus came here, he was very rich? Um, You know, they're walking around on streets of gold. Are we? No. Jesus was very rich. But when he came here, when he came to, to, uh, I almost said to America, to the earth. (laughs) When he came to the earth, he became what? Poor, right? In comparison, right? How many know the earth compared to heaven is almost a, it's almost a, 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 a dump at this point? And, we, and it's beautiful, don't get me wrong, but compared to heaven, you know, it's just, there's no comparing. So he says this, yet for your sakes he became so very poor. Why did he become poor for us? So that, or in order that, by his poverty you might become enriched. And the word is actually abundantly supplied. Now don't, 
don't get in your mind, you know, the world tries to define what rich is. But I'll say this to you. If you live in America and you're in, at living at the poverty level, you're wealthier than any other nation in the world. By far. It's not even close. You are super wealthy in that sense. But how many know in America and what we have here and what God has blessed us with, and then personally with our faith, which is what we're talking about, you can believe God to live, watch this, what does it say in the Amplified? Abundantly supplied. And people say, well, <laughs> Herb was sharing about the most expensive vehicle this morning in Bible study, and he came to the conclusion that it was a Lamborghini, it was like 3 point what million? 3.6 million? Something like that? For a vehicle. And people say, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but people buy them. And they have them, right? And you may not want that. I, I don't know what you want. I really don't care what you want, to be honest. You know what I mean? You can have whatever you want as long as it doesn't have you. As long as God has you first. Do you see what I'm saying? And so abundantly supplied, what does that mean for you? I know there are times uh, in the past where I've talked to Mike about some of these things, and he has some specific things for his life that he has goals that God has given him. But his goals are not my goals. And my abundantly supplied maybe look different than his, but it's still abundantly supplied. What does that mean? If you have an abundance, there's no lack. That's what that means, right? And so that's what the Lord's saying. And in your giving, you need to be expecting this way. So how is the Lord dealing with you concerning your giving? And then how is he dealing with you concerning your budget? And then how is he dealing with you and concerning your faith about what you're supposed to be believing for? And people say, well, I'm retired. I'm not supposed to be believing for anything. You're right. I read in the Bible where Jesus said, once you're retired, you no longer have to use your faith. Just coast it out, brother. Ushers come before I have a riot. <laughs> I am feeling oats today. And I didn't even eat oats, so I don't know what that means, but apparently it's horse terminology. <laughs> uh. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to give. Lord, we're giving because we love you. We worship you. Lord, if there was no return, we'd still give. Because you said so. But Lord, you promised return. And so in obedience and submission to you, we thank you for the return, 30, 60, and 100 fold. We thank you, Lord, that the windows of heaven are open above us and you're pouring out blessing on us. That there will not be room enough to receive that we are abundantly supplied. So we give in faith today and love toward you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. And once the bucket passes you by, you can go to Mark chapter 11. We're going to pick up there where we left off, uh, I believe it was last week. Last week, I got the most time to preach that I've had in years. It was wonderful. I like to preach. You know, if I didn't like to preach, I'd be in the wrong business. So last week, we discussed the woman with the issue of blood, and we looked at the combined aspects of faith in that passage that we have been discussing in this series. We're in the language of faith, part 10. This morning, I want to turn to Mark 11 and, and begin there. From there, we will begin to finish up the series in James chapter 3. There are so many passages of scripture we could turn to and teach along these lines. So my prayer is that you will see this truth as you are reading on your own and fellowshipping with the Lord. As you are reading, mark the passages that talk about the importance of what we say. Begin to build your own notebook on the subject. How many do this in your life? You should if you don't. 
you should build your own notebook on what's being taught. You know, a lot of times, and we live in a society, I'm going to hit some things here that maybe not be, may not be the most popular, but I hope you hear what I'm saying, the heart of what I'm saying, because my purpose isn't to bash anybody or anything. My purpose is to get us more and more honed and focused where God has us. So I've, I've discovered this through the years, um, just in being in the word of faith, just in being in uh, all sorts of different church groups. I've discovered through the years that a lot of times church as a community and as a whole and what they're called to do in a particular area can get distracted. Now, I've noticed it more in the Word of Faith Pentecostal camp than I've noticed it in any other, probably because I'm in this camp, okay? Does that make sense? So with that being said, I've noticed that there are so many well-known and good preachers out there that people that are in a congregation will actually get so hooked on a guest or a, a speaker that they don't even live in the same area. They're not, it's not even a part of their community. They'll get so hooked on what that minister is doing, and that minister is doing what God has called them to do, that they actually think that it's the will of God for the church that they're in. And people say, well, no, this is really on my heart. Do you know you can have a bunch of things on your heart that you're not supposed to? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to cinch a seatbelt down. We actually can have things in our heart that we're not supposed to. And I'm not talking about their sin. They could be God's things. You say, how could that be? Because you could have the Lord lead you to a particular area. Like for me, if I tried to do everything Breakforth Bible Church is doing, I would get into sin and they're doing the will of God. So how could the will of God for them be sin for me? How? Because it's not my call. And so this happens in churches. We, the Lord says, I've had many people tell me this through the years, and I, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I'm, I'm saying some of these things to make you aware of what's going on. Uh, John put it this way. He said, there are many voices in the earth, and none of them are without significance. In other words, they all have something to say. But which is the one for you? Which was the one for me? So I've found this among Pentecostals, pe people that are led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes we take the message of the Word of Faith and the leading of the Holy Spirit to such an extreme that nobody can teach us anything. Well, I only hear from the Lord. There is a principle of truth there, and there's also an error available. You say, how could the Word of God have an error? It's not the Word of God. It's the enemy using and twisting the word of God and using it in our lives to get us off. And, and people say, oh, no, 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 that would never happen. The devil can't quote scripture. You're right. He didn't quote it to Jesus. Well, that makes it tough, doesn't it? That means I have to know my father, which requires what? Time. And if, the vo if I have a hundred voices outside of God coming into my life hour after hour during the day, 
And then I go to try and meet with God for 30 minutes to hear him clearly. I'm in trouble. You say, how do you know this? I've done it. <laughs> I'm walking out of some of these things in other areas. And it's part of spiritual growth. Sometimes you just don't know. You don't even know you're doing it. And it's not a condemnation thing. It's a conviction thing. So what do you mean by that? That means we grow in stages. How many know more today than you did when you were five? Okay, I hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. You know more today than you did when you were five. How come? Because you grew and you developed, and along the way of life, your parents, circumstances, the Lord, all these things, school, uh, uh, you know, what, all the things that are happening in life, it begins, these influences begin to show you things that you didn't know before. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the more he, how many, how many are thankful he doesn't show you all your problems all at once? You know, if the Lord wanted to, he could go, really, you think you missed it in this area, but let me show you, Sean. <laughs> You're not walking in my fullness in, but he doesn't do that. He does it step by step. Some people take that truth and they go, see, I never have to grow up. Some people take that truth and go, I'm never going to grow up. Just too And they live under condemnation. For every mile of road, there are two mile of ditches. We got to stay in the middle of the road. Amen. And so when it comes to truth, when it comes to these things, and it comes to following the plan of God for our lives, we have to be careful. Sometimes it's good to shut off all the other voices, even if they're teaching voices. I'm talking about biblical teaching voices and different things like that. And find out what God wants you to do right here, right now. A lot of times people as Christians are not satisfied in their Christian walk with the Lord because they're trying everything instead of waiting on the Lord to finding out what he wants them to do. And then as even as Herb was teaching this morning, he said people get into what God wants them to do and they begin to discover what it is. But then in the midst of it, they find that the anointing is found in the mundane. Do you know I do not feel like coming to church every week, twice, three, four? Well, really, I'm here almost every day. So <laughs> I don't feel like doing it, but guess where my anointing is? Here. And people go, well, that's because you're the pastor. Did God call you to this church? Then your anointing is here too. Just because you're not doing what I do does not mean that your anointing is not here. And I've watched people do this. They go, they get out of where they're called to be, and I watch the anointing lift off their life, and they're frustrated, and they blame God, and they get upset, and they're, they're doing all of these things that God never told them to do that are quote-unquote their dream, and they miss God. I never wanted to pastor. I never did. How many have realized it doesn't matter what Sean wants to do? God still thinks he's God. And until I can convince him otherwise, <laughs> and I'm not even trying anymore, I'm just on the altar. What do you mean? I just lay here. Whatever you want, Lord, that's what we do. God says, I want you to go over here and minister to uh, at this place. Okay. God says, Sean, I don't want you to do uh, youth camp anymore. Okay. Do you know what the natural mind does? 
But Lord, I always get so much money every year when I do this event. And I know people that miss God for money. I know people that are better preachers, better organizers, better business people than, as far as administrative than I am by far. I graduated Rama uh, with them, Bible college. I was in lab class with them. They're excellent preachers and teachers. And they're doing zilch of it today. Not like they're waiting on God, more like God's waiting on I've had so many people tell me through the years, well, I'll do the will of God when I make my first million. Because, you know, we, believe, we were around the prosperity bunch. So they say, well, once I get financially set, yeah, that's what God said. God said, I need you to set yourself because I can't take care of you. I'm not the good shepherd. <laughs> I am just smashing spiritual toes today. It is just... Wonderful. We, I think we have shot at least four or five sacred cows in here this morning. And uh, so there will be a large barbecue afterwards. <laughs> Processing meat and... <laughs> no, there's no barbecue, so don't stay. There's, you know, people online are like, oh, I think I can make it to church now if they're going <laughs> to... All right. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to forgive me for my sarcasm. I was raised in it. All right, so. <laughs> my point is this. What are we doing with what God has told us to do? Are we allowing boredom to get us out? Or circumstances? Or personal desires? If I allow my person, I just want to have fun, Lord. I just want to have fun. You know, they wrote a song about that, but it was about girls, not guys. So, <laughs> I know the age of everybody that laughed, and everybody that didn't, I know your age too. <laughs> well, you know, we... <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, what are we allowing to lead us? You know, I mentioned it on, on Christmas Eve. Christmas is called the most wonderful time of the year. People will be happy during a holiday and then be depressed until something else comes that we want to do. That's, that's not spiritual maturity. I'm talking about believers here. Believers don't, aren't supposed to be up and down. They're supposed to be steady. Because the Lord was steady, amen? It's not that we don't have emotion. I'm not saying we need to become stoics. But what I am saying is, is there's this steadiness that grows in us over time. And you'll find that you're, even though it's difficult, and it's actually harder to stay in a routine, you'll have way more production in it. Do you know why the anointing increases on ministers? Or increases on your life. Because you go where God told you, you stay, and you don't change. People say, well, I'll spend more time in prayer, and that will make the anointing come higher. There are principles that work there to a degree, but ultimately God rewards faithfulness. 
Now watch, people think, well, we're under grace, so we don't have to do anything to earn anything. You are under grace in the sense that you're born again, but you don't give a Lamborghini, as we talked about, to a 16-year-old. Spiritual development and spiritual maturity is a must. Personal character, integrity, development is a must. If you want to see continued increase in your, in the, in the, in your uh, experience of God's graces in your life. See, the reality is, is that the graces are all there. It's just that we don't get to tap everything that's available if we remain immature. Amen? People sometimes say this. I actually had a minister, or not a minister, but a person say this to me. He was very zealous. Reminded me of me like 15, 20 years ago. Probably 20 years ago. And I was in another state. And we were talking and discussing some things about a Bible study. And this person looked at me and said, well, the truth is the truth, and I just have to give it to people. And I thought to myself, that is not what the Bible teaches. Paul and Jesus and others made the statement, but Paul specifically is who I'm thinking of right now. He said, I wanted to say a lot of things to you, but you're not ready to hear it. Which means, if I don't develop like I should spiritually in obedience to the Lord, in, in following Him, and this is not a hard thing, this is just obeying, right? It's just choosing to follow his way. If I don't do that, there are actually things that the Lord wants to say to me that he will not. Ouch. Right? Now, I did not say God gives up on you. I did not say God doesn't love you. I did not say God is condemning you. But see, in the twisted grace message at times that's gone out, people have heard that. Well, that's not true. God, God tells me, he loves me perfectly. Yes, he does. And that's just it. He loves us perfectly. So there are actually things. So this is why in prayer at times, and I'm just preaching off the cuff here. This, none of this is in the message. There are actually times in prayer where we need to go, Lord, I need to hear from you what, I don't, what I'm not hearing or I don't want to hear. That's a tough prayer. Have you ever prayed that one? And that doesn't mean God's going to send a bunch of trials to your life and he's going to beat you up and, you know, none of that stuff. He's a loving father, a compassionate father, amen? And he's not looking to take you out. He's looking to lengthen your days, right? And to cause as much goodness to manifest in our lives as he possibly can. He is the God who is full of compassion. So if he's full of compassion, that means compassions are what come out of him. Those compassions come in all forms. They come in corrections. They come in rebukes. Well, I can't go to a church where I hear rebukes. If we can't hear rebukes, we won't grow spiritually. Well, I can't hear from, you know, a preacher who's older than me or younger than me or the same age. I mean, people come up with all sorts of reasons or even have things built into their mind. They don't even realize they're there at times of why they can't. Well, this person reminds me of my ex-spouse. So I can't. And they're nothing like your ex-spouse, but they look like them and wear the same cologne. And all of a sudden, we shut off. Why? 
it's because of things in our own head. We actually could miss God if we're not careful in that. So we got to watch these things that come against us. They're doubts, they're unbeliefs, they're fears. I'm not saying you should trust every single person you come across that says, thus saith the Lord. I think you should test every person you come across that says, thus saith the Lord to you. But I am saying this, until there's an adjustment in the heart to where you go past Lord, or, or you go past Jesus, you're my Savior, to Jesus, you're my Lord. Then he can move you. And some of you may get into prayer this week and go, Lord, what is it that I need to? He may say, you're doing good. Here's some areas we can work on, but overall, you're right where I want you to be. Just keep going. I've had the Lord tell me this many times because I've been in some different trials and things at times that brought a lot of pressure. And I'm like, God, I am speaking your word. I'm standing in faith. I'm declaring your, your, your truths to this mountain. And, and it doesn't seem like anything is moving. Lord, do you want me to do some natural things? Do you want me to, you know... Uh, 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 change how I do this? Do I need to, you know, if it was something physical, do I need to change my diet? Do I need to change, you know, all of these different things, right? We begin to search and look. And I've literally had the Lord say to me, Sean, you're fine, just stick with me. And I'm like, Lord, but I'd like the situation to go away. <laughs> Am I the only one that does this with the Lord? I'm probably, I must, I, I wonder if he laughs at me or what he does. Anyway, so I'm like, Lord, but I would, and, and, I, and then, you know, it doesn't feel like anything has really changed, but nothing's really gotten any worse, and you're starting to make a little bit of progress in an area, and you're beginning to see the Lord move in that area, and you go, okay, Lord, what's going on here? And, and I literally go back to prayer again, because I need to hear him speak to me. I need to hear him in my heart, because that's where faith is. And he'll say to me, just, just straight, Sean, you're doing fine, just stick with me, I got gotcha. you. How many of you have had the Lord tell you he got you, but it doesn't feel like he got you? You are now walking by faith. The, the light bulb just went on in about 25, 30, 40, 50% of the people just then. I just saw it. <laughs> so you actually end up feeling right and good inside even though out here it hasn't changed and you know you're where you're supposed to be i heard jim hockett i say this years ago in prayer school he said when you're in the will of god and it feels good mark it down as a day that you can remember <laughs> and i'm not talking about sickness and disease and all that that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you don't have trials coming against you you know if you're at war with an enemy, don't you think you should realize he's shooting? There are some Christians that are like, you know, they act like nothing's going on. I actually had somebody tell me one time, I'm not even aware of the devil. I thought, you've got to be walking with him. How are you not aware? <laughs> it's counter to what the scripture teaches. Now we have victory in the midst of the battles. I'm not saying we have to live with a battle-depressed mentality. But we have, the, we have this responsibility to walk close to the Lord. And as we walk close to Him, even though the circumstances right now don't look like they're working out just the way we thought they would, or it, it, may, it may even look like it's going opposite of what you thought. And the Lord's saying, stay. 
Stay with me. Just stay. The Lord doesn't... Circumstances, they give us... Sorry for the language of faith, part 10. It didn't happen. I'm now closing my notes. Because I am not going long today. This is... You'll have plenty to chew on. If you can... If... You'll either have, I either made you uh, think this morning and encouraged you to move forward, or you're mad at me, and I'll never see you again. <laughs> One or the other. So here's the thing. People say, oh, but the Lord would never minister that way. You're right. He wouldn't look at his own disciples and go, he looked at his own disciples and said, you want to leave too? And people say, you just read he was full of compassion. See, you define God by your thinking, not by Jesus. I can't, we can't do that. This is what the Lord's growing us out of. I mean, if 2021 was this much fun, how much fun are we going to have in 2022? I mean, next year, Christmas actually falls on a Sunday. Now what are we going to do? Lord, church is interrupting the holiday. And we laugh in here because you're all here. But I'm telling you, people think this way. They do. Lord, give us the book of Acts. He's like, I can't even interrupt Halloween. What am I going to do with it? <laughs> ah. <laughs> But I really do believe God, and this is why this challenge went out today, part of it, and it'll go out over the internet and stuff like that, but this is part of the challenge. God is saying, look, what are you, where, where are we at? What, what will, what, at what point do we go, okay, Lord, it's all yours. You can have it all. I know people... Uh, and, and sometimes people think it's crazy, but being, living in the Spirit and fellowshipping with the Lord, it just takes some time. There's no way, you can't, you can't shortcut it, but it takes dedication too. And I'm not saying this, that God doesn't know you have to go to work. God doesn't know you have things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, are we willing to have the Lord interrupt anything that we're doing so that he can, he can tap us on the shoulder and send us somewhere. So for me personally, I'll just use myself. Do I really believe that? What if I had a vacation planned? And the Lord said, nope, I need you over here. And I'll go, Lord, you know, we bought the tickets already. We plan to go to this place. We plan, we've planned this for a year. And the Lord says, no, I want you to go do this. See, the Lord won't even say that to a lot of us because He knows there's no chance. I know, it is. You get amens and you get grunts. I like the grunts. <laughs> Are we willing? I know, it just got super heavy quick, didn't it? It just did, because the reality is, I know of a minister 
I, I heard about this minister. I don't know this minister, but I heard about this minister who years ago had planned this trip for years to go to a particular area on vacation with his family. Uh, shouldn't say years, a year. Did I, I said years, right? I didn't mean to say that. A year. They had planned this, and he was in prayer because he spends time with the Lord every day. And the Lord said, don't go. And he said, Lord, don't go. We've planned this. We got, you know, we got everything set. We've, my kids are excited about this. You know, we, this is what we do. And we reason ourselves right out of the voice of God. And he said, the Lord said to him again, don't go. And he kept praying about it. Thank God. I mean, if you have a fellowship with the Lord, the Lord can deal with you. How many, he does this with me months in advance, sometimes years about things. And, and, and he's praying, the Lord keeps saying, don't go, don't go, don't go. So finally, he settles it in his own heart. He knows he's heard from the Lord. The Lord said, don't go. So he gets his family together, talks to them. His wife's upset. His kids are upset, understandably, you know, as far as that's concerned. Turns out, the week they were supposed to be there, a tidal wave hit that island or hit that land and killed a bunch of people. And they, it hit right where they were going. How do you get answers like that? I'll give you, you want, me, you want another example? I was uh, uh, listening to some teaching on how to be led by the Spirit of God. And I, I go over these things frequently. Just because you have to refresh yourself. Gentleman said, uh, this was years ago in the oil fields in Texas. Uh, there was a particular pastor and his wife who just kept praying for somebody in their church. Didn't even know who it was. They had people on vacation. Maybe they thought, you know, there could be a car accident, something like, you know, they didn't know. They didn't know what was going on. And they were praying and they had taken time and they, she couldn't even go to sleep. She was praying. And they had just got done off some meetings, and they were tired, and he was trying to sleep, and she kept praying in the spirit and groaning in the spirit in bed next to her. He couldn't go to sleep. So she went out into the living room. Finally, he just got up, and they prayed together, and they prayed it out, and they felt like they had, how many have prayed through before, and you just have a peace inside? It's like, okay, we're good. Everything's done. How many have done that before? I want to see hands. Okay, quite a few. Okay, good. Good. More than I thought would be. <laughs> okay. This is some kind of old school Pentecostal, but it's it's... It's a no, it's an understood thing, praying through in the spirit, praying in other tongues till you get, it, get a knowing that it's going to be okay, whether you know what it is or not. Well, the next day, um, a member of his church was headed to, to work, and the guy who ran this particular oil pump wasn't, was sick, called in sick that day, and didn't show up. And the, the foreman said, get up on that derrick. And do the job of the guy who's not here. And he started to climb up on the derrick. And then he stopped. He went back down. And he, and he looked at his boss. He said, I'm not going up there. He goes, why? He said, because I had a dream last night about two in the, 3 in the morning. And when I, got, and I dreamed that I climbed up that so-and-so, this other guy, didn't show up today. That you asked me to go up there. And I went up there. And the cable broke for the drill. And it snapped it. And it came flying up and cut my head off. It's gruesome. You watch worse movies. So anyway, so, <laughs> so anyway, 
He says, I'm not going up there. Another man who's a Christian in a different denomination, denomination doesn't matter, but in a different denomination said, oh, I'm not superstitious, and he went up there and started working. Ten minutes later, that cable broke, and that head landed right by that other guy's feet. His head landed right by that other guy's feet. Pays to know the Holy Ghost. Amen? Brother Hagin used to say this to us all the time. He'd say, I always check my heart before I drive anywhere. Do you know I've already prayed out ahead to Dickinson, and I'm going there? How? The Holy Spirit shows me things to come. But it takes time. It takes discipline. It takes, oh, I have to let go of certain things that I just want to do. And he would. He, in, in fact, he did it more than once. The Lord told him, well, we'll leave in 10 minutes. But we got to go right now. Yeah, we'll leave in 10 minutes, and he'd wait 10 minutes, and there would be a car accident right where he would have been if he would have left 10 minutes earlier. Now, that didn't happen every day. Those are rare, amen? I mean, it's rare that that stuff happens. My point is, is that the Lord is willing to show us things, deal with us, grow us up, and we're, we are moving into a place of, of spectacular, supernatural, continued increase as uh, Herb mentioned this morning, the third great awakening, but God is going to use those that are available and that are willing to cooperate with Him, that involve Him in every decision of their life, that involve Him in every business decision, that involve Him in every part of their lives. That's who He'll be able to use. That's who He'll, who he'll be able to speak things to that other people can't hear. How many want that? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.